You are listening to Win Win, a podcast brought to you by the global nonprofit Win Women in Innovation. Each episode features inspiring innovators from the startup world, innovation consultancies, and Fortune 500 companies who share their innovation secrets and career trajectories every Monday. As for me, I'm your host, Zoya Kozakov, global marketing lead at Win by night and product manager and university level faculty by day. Hello, hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Win Win Podcast. Today's episode is so much fun because I get to talk about podcasting innovation, a topic that is obviously very dear and near to my heart. A little backstory about today's guest, Michelle Akadenor, who is the founder and CEO of The Peers Project, one of Australia's leading podcast production agencies. Last summer, as I was figuring out putting one foot in front of the other like the rest of the world, I grew more and more passionate about regaining that connection to other women and people that I was so desperately missing as a result of the pandemic. Here at Win, we thrive off of our in-person programming, which makes our industry and our innovation roles feel a lot more human and almost like a team sport. Of course, there was no more in-person programming once the pandemic broke out, and so I had to find a way to launch a podcast, which I had never done. Michelle also had to pivot as a part of the impact of the pandemic on her business and launched a phenomenal Podcasting 101 course online in which she and her team guided people to start their own podcast with no prior experience. Whether it was finding the positioning or figuring out which microphone to buy, Michelle literally taught me everything I know. Now, she does the same for iconic brands you may have heard of like Alibaba and Forever New. Her agency's podcast, Peers to Peers, has a major sponsor, Shopify, and she's on her way to keep growing and expanding. Today's conversation is all about the podcasting industry and how much it has grown since 2017 when Michelle was just starting out. We touch on some of the trends in the space and how Michelle navigated being taken seriously as a 23-year-old woman of color strutting into 50-plus meetings before she landed her first client. This one is really special, and I hope that it inspires you to start your own podcast or keep supporting other podcasters in the space. I hope you enjoy. Hello, hello, and welcome back to the Win Win Podcast. Hi, Michelle. Hello, Zoya. Thanks so much for having me. I'm so excited to have you because, little backstory, a bunch of people always ask me, Zoya, how did you figure out this whole podcasting thing so quickly? And while I typically play it off and take credit for the entire thing, the truth is I asked for help. And I asked help from the amazing Michelle, who is the CEO and founder of The Peers Project, a podcasting production company. And she's actually that person that helped me navigate the whole process. She also hosts The Peers Project podcast, Peers to Peers. And it features Kim Patel, who you may remember from one of my episodes, as well as the Win Advisory Board. So Michelle, before we get into the magic that is the Peers Project, let's talk life pre-Peers Project. You were moving around from finance, human resources, sales, community management. So were you even listening to podcasts at this point? (laughs) Such a, such a great question. And again, thanks so much for having me on, Zoya. And I'm so, so proud. We're so proud of the Peers Project to have helped you start and launch, you know, the Win Win podcast. So hats off to you. Yeah, I, I really did 
fall into podcasting. You know, I was always an, a fan. I was an early listener back in like 2015, 16 days when it wasn't really a thing, um, at least here in Oz. And um, yeah, I fell into it um, from a kind of a passion standpoint, to be honest with you, and a curiosity standpoint, um, which we can dive a bit deeper into later. But it's I'm obsessed with the medium and yeah, so blessed to be working in this space. Yeah. And as you got out of school, of course, like right before you actually decided to dive in ahead first and start your own podcast, um, what were you kind of hoping to do? I always ask, like, <laughs> what did you want to be when you grew up? Oh, my goodness. That question for me is so, so simple to answer. It was the CEO of a big corporation, you know, think your um, cities like where you work, Sawyer, or, or your, your EYs or your Deloitte's or something like that. You know, I was like a, a shiny building in the middle of the CBD <laughs> here in Melbourne. Like that would be absolutely, absolutely the dream. And so for a long time, actually, all the way through my studies, I was, um, yeah, I was hustling to make that happen and connecting with every possible, you know, director or partner at these kind of companies, um, which are phenomenal businesses as well. And I'm really grateful to have, ha- to have done that actually. Um, but yeah, it doesn't always turn out as how you think, I guess. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think it's it's very interesting and very fitting that you started a podcast that is all about the hustle life of millennials because I do think millennials are notoriously known for feeling like I'm not making impact here, so I'm going to start my own thing. And I think that was very millennial of you, but I also <laughs> think that that's, that's kind of like what enabled you to take that risk and, and innovate. But it started with you launching the podcast first. Before the Pierce Project, there was Peers to Peers. So how did you figure it out? Yeah, look, I mean, I often get asked this question, oh, you know, did you work in audio before this or were you, um, you know, were you in marketing or brand marketing or something? No. Or in podcasting? No. I literally was just someone back in 2017 who I was fed up, to be quite honest with you. I was fed up with not feeling right in all these jobs I was doing. And I was just like, I was finishing up my final year of studies and I just kind of thought, you know what? What? why not just start something like a podcast where I can sit down and interview a bunch of people who are actually doing what they love to do and they're, you know, they're they're in the hustle and they're my age and they understand kind of that need and desire to want to do more and um and I guess create something that they love. Um and so essentially just started with me wanting to have initial conversations. And I was like, oh, just locking coffee dates with, you know, maybe entrepreneurs who seem to like what they do or people that seem to like what they do. Actually, at the time, I had no idea what the word or the term entrepreneurship was. So I was very, um, you know, it's not like I, I came into this thinking I wanted to be a founder or a CEO, not at all, or an entrepreneur. It, it really just came down to, you know, me stumbling across, and it's a little bit of a thing, but I stumbled across the Forbes under 30 list while I was searching on Google, young people that love to do what, you know, that they do. Yeah, yeah. exactly. And and it just so happened the Forbes under 30 list popped up and I started reading about the stories of these just amazing young people that were absolutely obsessed with what they were doing and just really changing the world in in their own way. And I just thought I have to speak to them. So it really started from 
great, I just want to have coffee dates with these kind of people to hang on a second. You know, I had mates of mine going, well, if you're going to interview these really cool, if you're going to have coffee with these really awesome people, like we want to hear what they have to say also because I had mates at the time also feeling a bit unsettled in their corporate gigs or, you know, on the path that they were on and they wanted answers too. And so I thought, well, why don't I just record it? And so that's essentially how it happened. Um, but the thing about me is that I, I don't do things half ass. And so I thought, well, if I'm going to do this, I'm going to make it big and I'm going to try my absolute best to figure it out. Um, and that meant actually quitting my corporate job at the time um, and heading to New York. So New York City to start this podcast and I had a whole bunch of interviews lined up. I've ne- I'd never been to the US before. I'd never been to New York before. It was such a, a dream of mine, I guess, at that time. And I literally smashed out about 20 episodes or 20 interviews in two weeks that I had there and it just blew my mind. The city did and then obviously the conversations I had as well um, and then – yeah, I guess the rest is history. That's kind of how it started. Yeah, it's it's so crazy because we talk a lot about how innovation comes out of crisis. And <laughs> I, I've said this on this podcast multiple times, but last summer after graduating um, for my master's at Columbia, literally job offers were being pulled out of under my feet over and over again. And I And I was like, dear God, this is like 2008 all over again, stepping out into the world as it crumbles under me. And then in reality, it caused me to think like, what is going to help me find my path? And to me, that was that was podcasting too. Like, how are the chief innovators of the world doing it? And then maybe I can take a piece of that and then figure it out too. So it's really interesting that that similar path. So as the podcast starts kind of gaining traction over a year into it, you start a production company. At what point did you make the leap of like, I solved my own problem. Now I can solve other people's problems. So in the early days, that was late 28, it was early 2018 when I decided to go out on my own. My ideal initially was actually just to gain sponsorship for the podcast. So at this stage, people weren't really, they were like, oh, and also at early 2018, at least here in Oz, podcasting wasn't really a thing. Like it, it I started in 2017. People were like, what is a podcast? Like, how do you even listen to this thing? Which sounds absolutely crazy, you know, now considering, you know, the growth of the medium. Um, but back then it was just people didn't even know what I was doing. They just saw this cool stuff on social media and these cool people. And, you know, people wanted to figure out how they could try and listen. So it wasn't really at that stage yet where people were asking me, oh, great. Well, how can I do this myself? It was right. more just okay, well, this is cool. How can I listen? And so at that time I thought, well, if I could potentially try and get sponsorship for this show, um, maybe that will be a good first step. And then maybe I could actually coach, um, you know, other millennials out there who are looking to figure out, you know, what that next step is for them and find their passion and and kind of, yeah, find something that's more aligned to who they actually are and, and pursue that. Then, then I feel like I'll be pursuing, I feel like I'll be kind of fulfilling some t- some type of internal mission. And so I started out as a coach, um, failed absolutely miserably. I helped a couple of people, but for that first year in business, I also got a part-time job at that stage. I was very confused. And I think that's something that needs to be really, you know, I don't know if it's talked about enough, but we talk a lot about it on Peers to Peers, which is our internal company podcast now. And 
you know, it's, it, I really had no idea what I was doing is the plain old answer. I, I was still running the podcast at this stage. I was hustling to try and get sponsorship. Nothing was sticking. I was going into meetings, you know, heads off were going, oh, I don't even understand what a podcast is. Like, what are you talking about? Like it was literally at that stage. And I got to a year in and I just thought, oh my goodness, I've made the most terrible mistake. I should have stayed, you know, on my corporate path and in my mm-hmm. finance gig. And I, what did I do? I've made an absolute mess of this. Oh my goodness. And that's really how it was. End of 2018, I was on the brink of like, I've, I've got to just get realistic about my life, Michelle, and, and move along. But something and a lot of entrepreneurs will talk about this, but just something inside of me that was like, I just can't accept defeat yet. And I just have to keep going and I have to figure out how I can actually make this happen. And it wasn't until another year after that, that things started to work out. So what were like some signs after deciding that you're going to stick it out, that things were going in the right direction? Sorry, (laughs) I love this question, but not many signs, to be honest with you. Like people from the outside were a bit like, um, you know, what? Why are you – like this didn't work out. You gave it a year. Like, how, you know, just just let it go. It's all good. I think there was no external signs and that's really important to know. It was what was within me. I just – I had this burning desire and this just – feeling that that told me this is right and you have to keep going and it's going to turn into something great even though nothing that you have no external validation which I think Mm. is the one of the toughest points in the journey of entrepreneurship or really in the journey of just figuring out who you are and what you want to do with your life Um, and I think for me it was just listening and trying really hard to tune into that voice inside of me that just said, Michelle, it's okay. You will figure it out. Keep going. Um, And I guess the first, I guess also something to note there was that I also absolutely loved it. So as much as it was not working out externally, financially, monetarily, you know, all those things that we deem, you know, as success in the world that we live in, it was the most fulfilling thing I had ever done. And I genuinely couldn't imagine not doing it. So then what changed, right? So what was that first sign of success? What was that? Yeah. So it was really when I found out that we were going to be a production, a podcast production agency. Um, And so the way it happened was I was in a meeting, probably about my 50th meeting for sponsorship for the podcast. And I was in a meeting with a head of of marketing at um, quite a large university uh, college here in Australia. And I was pitching him this podcast and I'm just so passionate about it, or I, I still am, but I was at the time and I'm just telling him everything about it and I'm telling him, you know, the stats, et cetera, um, which were at, also, I'm, I may add, not great. You know, this pod, my, our internal company podcast didn't start off being, you know, the biggest podcast in Australia. It literally started off with a couple hundred listens for at least two years. And so at the time I was in the meeting, but I just saw the value in it and I was trying to pitch him the value. And he just turned to me and he said, look, Michelle, I absolutely love what you're doing. You clearly love this and you clearly love podcasting, but I want to do a podcast for our brand. So like I actually want to create a 
So the brand was Monash University. I want to create a Monash University podcast. Um, could you do that for us? Like, I mean, you've done this, you know, for yourself. So maybe you could just do that for us and, um, you know, you could potentially be the host and, yeah, you can just work it out and we'll pay you to do that. And can you do that? And in that moment, I just thought my heart was like beating so, so fast. I still remember and I was just like, Yep, no problem at all. We can make that happen for you. All good. I walked away. I had no idea how to do that for another brand. No clue. I just said, yep, no problem. He was like, great, perfect. Send through the proposal, please, and we'll go from there. I was like, awesome. And so... Googles, how do I (laughs) make a proposal? (laughs) Literally, no idea. Long story short, it was that meeting there that although we didn't get that deal... It was that meeting there that showed me and told me what the market wanted. And I think for the first time, aside from all the passion, aside from all just the ongoing hustle and trying to figure it out, I genuinely saw how I could commercialize what we were doing. And I saw the gap in the market. And here in Oz, especially um, at that time, which was only early 2019, there was really nothing like it and um, a podcast production agency, a podcast agency. And so I just saw that gap. And for the next kind of two, three months, we rebranded the business. I was like, this is my final go, you know, this. And I just, but I knew I was like, this is it. And this is what's going to take us to that next level. And then by the end of that year, so it's still quite a long time, but but by the end of that year, so we'd rebranded, well, we'd, I'd launched the agency essentially, called The Pierce Project. By the end of that year, we signed one of the biggest retailers in the country, fashion retailers called Forever New, and we produced the first Australian fashion retailer podcast. The thing about innovation is that sometimes you can have a very direct era where you think you're going and then the market, the consumer, the audience tells you otherwise. And at that point, either you are flexible and you truly innovate or you kind of say, no, but I have my vision, right? Like your vision should change and is changing. And I think that's actually one of your strengths, Uh, ironically, that you do audio, but it's the fact that you are able to listen and actually change the, the trajectory. And so since then, you've signed on some other amazing large brands. Most recently, you are running Alibaba's podcast. So one of my favorite things with that is that every person can start a podcast. I think that's super exciting. It's part of the reason I do think the medium blew up, but obviously what you do, and I would even argue what I do, it has a lot more thought and kind of professionalism behind it. I hope my listeners can agree or disagree. Let me know. But ultimately, what makes a podcast innovative versus a regular Joe Schmo podcast? (laughs) Such a great question. And we get asked this all the time. Um, We recently did a partnership with General Assembly, where we ran a how to pod, how to start your podcast course. But yes, so essentially the response to that is you've got to look at all the different aspects. So there are a lot of different aspects when it comes to podcasting. You've got the strategy, the overarching strategy and kind of concepting phase. You've then got the production, the post-production, and then the distribution and marketing. And so I think what people often miss and what makes a kind of mediocre podcast is just focusing on one of those areas. So, you know, we often see really great, you know, concepting and whatnot. And then the audio sounds shocking. People don't want to listen. Mm. Or we see really great production, but then the, the the concepting and the strategy behind it isn't aligned with the brand or with that person's brand. And so I think the biggest thing really is to look at each of the four areas um, and, and understand them well before you delve into it. 
And when it comes to assessing a market, do you think that, you know, even though podcasting is more of a creative medium, I mean, we've spoken about the market a little bit, but do you think that in order to infuse your podcast with innovation, it's super important to look at it like any other product or brand and and really assess the market need? 100%. And I love that you said assess the market need because the number one thing we talk about in Podcast Power 101, our online course, is literally your target audience. You are crafting something for a specific group of people, like any other product, like any other business service. Your podcast needs to add value, tremendous value, I say in the course, to the specific group niche group of people. And when you niche down, especially to know, you know, who is that one person I would want listening to my podcast and what exact value do I want them to gain out of it? When you niche down like that, you're just, you're on the right track and your podcast will be something that your target audience, maybe not everyone. And that's something really to to note there. It's not about crafting something for everyone, but your target audience and your ideal listener will want to tune into. Yeah. And that's what I personally find so innovative about podcasts is, you know, I listen to like podcasts on dating. I listen to podcasts about peers to peers and, and to learn things about, you know, building a home or other topics that I'm specifically interested in. I guess something that I think is also really exciting is with this medium blowing up, larger brands and companies are creating new technologies and tools around podcasting. So I think, you know, we recently saw Apple launch at podcast creator monetization uh, that they've launched. What are some kind of trends or technologies that you're excited about in the space? Yeah, I think one of the number th- number one things I'm excited about is the advertising capability. So, yeah, so late last year I was on a webinar with um, Spotify and they were talking about their new advertising capability. So to advertise on their podcast and a- podcast advertising is something that although we don't do at the moment, it's a space that I am so, so interested in because of the growth that's projected for it. So I don't know the exact numbers, but it is astronomical how much this is how how big the growth is going to be over the next kind of 24 months in this space and so I'm re- the, I'm most excited about the software that um, Spotify is developing around having everyday marketers be able to advertise on their podcasts and I think as I mentioned this podcast advertising is only going to blow up. Obviously, it's already blown up in the US. It's going to keep going up. In Australia, it really is at its infancy, um, but we will get there and, and it's going to it's gonna keep growing. So I think that's, yeah. I also really resonate with that because I've seen that sometimes the ads that are on the podcasts feel like they're made in the 90s. Mm. It's like, whoa, stop there. Let me tell you about my toothpaste. And you're like, really? In 2021, this is like the best we can do. And so I agree. I think the innovation with the actual technology Mm. to actually help people get the ads in there, but also the format itself, I feel like needs to be like flipped on its head totally. (laughs) Completely. Yeah, so I I think that one other thing that I wanted to ask you about the podcasting space is really this notion of scale. Uh, You've spoken, you know, we've talked a lot today about scaling um, the podcasting agency that you created going from a podcast. But as you've hired on more people, how do you envision scale for you and your team within the podcasting space? 
Ah, I love this question, Soya. Whenever we talk about growth or scale, I get so excited because we have big, big plans. So I think, you know, I think the, the, the approach we're taking is really less is more. Yes, we aim, we are working towards being number one in Australia at the moment, so the number one podcast agency. But at the same time, it's about taking those baby steps to get there. And I think sometimes when you talk about growth, especially not in, in business or in a space such a, in a space such as podcasting, um, which is you know, which the growth is just it's crazy. We can get a bit caught up. I think the ability to grow while keeping your team, your operations, what you're doing lean and mm. um, kind of structured um, with processes in place as you grow so that you can manage the growth is absolutely number one and key for us and at the forefront of kind of what we're aiming to do over the next kind of 18 to 24 months. So long vis- long-term vision for us once we've conquered Australia is really to enter, enter into the UK and the US market. It's always been my dream to head back to New York City and, and launch the agency there and produce podcasts for some amazing New York-based brands and I think, you know, that really, that for me is coming full circle from that first 14 days I spent in the US and in New York back in 2017 when I had this dream to start a podcast. And so I think for, for us, that's really where we're headed. Um, and yeah, we're just so excited for the next kind of two years. The thing is that whenever I hear you talk about this, like I am truly so bought in and I think you're, <laughs> you know, you're scale and your growth and the women and men you've had on your podcast and the sponsorships and the partnerships have really proven all of this. But I know from knowing you, you know, how challenging it's actually been. And, you know, the one thing we didn't entirely mention on this podcast and may not be clear from the auditory format is that not only are you a woman, you're a woman of color and you started this whole thing when you were 23, I believe. So (laughs) what was it like trying to get people to, to take you seriously? I know you've spoken about, you know, the industry and the company, but as a woman and a woman of color, what are some of the challenges that you face and even continue to face today? And how are you navigating all this? Such a great, great question. And I think it's something that I've always had to deal with and even more so in business and starting this podcast. You know, we say that we are a podcast production agency that is powered by this idea of diversity and inclusion and accessibility and all of that. And I think that's purely because of my personal experience, you know, in the early days, (laughs) for one, you know, being a 23-year-old who had no idea what she was doing and then being a woman and then being a woman of colour, you know, people would just, I'd get into meetings and people would look look at me. Like these heads of would just be like this, this I don't even know what to say to this girl. Like get her back at, at school. It's like it, it's nuts. And, and I think at the time I just thought, oh, well, it's, you know, but when I look back, I just think, I think it just comes down to the resilience and the, the knowing that it, you know, trying your best not to take it personally at the end of the day, you know, society is structured in the way it's structured and we are obviously working towards changing that and even us as an agency it's one of our core values producing podcasts for diverse voices and stories and showcasing diverse voices and stories but at the same time you know 
I think not seeing it as a barrier, not seeing what you look like, not seeing your color, this color of your skin, or not seeing, you know, whether you're a woman or a man or, or whatever else as a barrier, but actually trying to see it in the best way you can as an advantage. And so now I am the only black female running a podcast agency in Australia. That is a massive advantage. And I think that is the reason why we stand now stand out in meetings because majority of podcast production agencies in our country are male, white male led. And so, you know, I think seeing perhaps what you see, what you feel as a downfall or as something that's to be perhaps ashamed of or, or, or something like that actually as your strength and flipping that on its head has been the biggest savior for me. And it's been the thing that I guess I'm now the most proud of. Yeah. And as you should be, I also think that the medium that you've chosen, and we've spoken about podcasting being such an accessible space. I think there is something beautiful about the fact that when you're just out there listening to a podcast that you really connect to, you're not sitting there thinking about somebody's age or their gender or the color of their skin. And I think as a medium, that kind of makes it more accessible in some ways. Of course, you know, it can be limiting to those that do not have the ability to listen to a podcast. With that, before I let you go, I did want to ask you one last innovation question, and that is, where do you see yourself and your industry one month from now, one year from now, and 10 years from now? I always love love when you ask this question, Zoya. I've listened to so many of the win-win podcasts. So I think one month from now, definitely for us, will be about to launch um, our biggest podcast to date, which we're very excited for. Yeah, that's definitely what will be happening for us as a company. Um, in terms of our industry in one month from now, I think it's just going to be, you know, chugging it along. Um, and I'm sure, you know, more and more podcasts will be released and episodes will be released in the next month. Um, so I don't think there will be any drastic changes, um, but you never know because this medium is growing so quickly. Um, in one year from now, for us as a business, we hope to have launched into the US market, which is such an exciting thing. And obviously, I've talked a lot about that on this podcast already. For the industry in a year from now, you know, I hope to see more females and more fem- women of color jumping on the medium, embracing it, um, and actually going that step further if they desire and, and, and you know, looking to become experts in the space and professionals in the space. You know, what I love about a new medium is that there's so much room for anyone to really jump in, as you mentioned before, and just get their hands dirty and, and go for gold. And so I think, and I hope that that's what we'll be seeing in a year from now. In 10 years from now, wow, it's funny because I always write out little plans of where I hope the business to be in five years and in 10 years and, you know, who knows, but I I definitely think, well, my vision for our company is that we'll have operations across three continents, so the US, the UK and Australia and APAC, Singapore and Australia. And we'll have a team of really passionate, amazing podcasters um, who are a majority of them being female. Um, and I also hope a lot of them being women of color. And I hope just the that in 10 years from now, the impact we've been able to make with our podcast is just beyond what I can imagine now. 10 years from now of the, indus- of the, of the medium, for the medium and the industry, who 
who knows? All I can say is that perhaps like social media where, you know, 10 years ago back in 2012, we thought, oh my goodness, who needs this? Or what even is this? You know, my hope is that podcasting has really embedded itself as a core kind of medium uh, in marketing communications, digital, um, and it's just it just continues to flourish. I love that. And I, I completely agree. I mean, I would love to see all of my favorite brands have a podcast and I would even love it more if they were produced by the Fierce Project. <laughs> so Aww. really excited to have you on. Thank you for taking the time to be here. Thank you so much, Sawyer. It's been an absolute privilege. Thanks for listening to Win Win, brought to you by Win, Women in Innovation, and myself, Zoya Kozakon. If you enjoy this podcast, subscribe wherever you get your podcasts and visit womenininnovation.co to learn more about our organization, programming, and other opportunities. And remember, when women innovate, we all win. 